0: Emily Zell,
1: Danny. I'm sorry I never lead in.
0: It's okay. You kind of did there because you just let me say your name and then you said something. But
1: (laughs) I know you resent me for that. I don't resent you for
0: that. Um, What's so? This is a uh, obviously like all of our episodes aren't like evergreen content because we're always like recording a little bit ahead or whatever. But I just got back from vacation. I called it a daycation, actually. I was only gone for two days. I'm currently back to work for two days before going on another week-long vacation mm-hmm. like to miss my first Sunday in like
1: months, which is fun. Okay.
0: Um, actually, I think my first Sunday in 52 weeks. I'm not exactly sure if that's true or not, but I can't remember a Sunday that I haven't not been there. Some I haven't preached, but I haven't not been there in a full calendar year because the people filling in are the people who did it a calendar year ago.
1: Love it. So. How do you do, like, letting go of control?
0: Oh, I love it. It's great. It okay, great. I mean, I want things to go well, and of that doesn't bother me. Um, or I think about those things, but, like, the idea of other people stepping in doesn't bother me at all. Great. So, um, but I've said this before. I have lots of opinions and ideas of how things can go, but I usually share those and then let other people decide what they're going to do with those. Mm-hmm. So I dig it. Yeah. Um, I'm also
1: going on vacation next week, so.
0: Yeah, where are you in? going?
1: I'm going to Orange Beach, Alabama.
0: Oh, I, that was one of the first, like, places – no, the first place in Florida I ever went to. Or um, Alabama.
1: It's Alabama. But, uh, but it's
0: on the – it's Floribama, right? Like, it's near Floribama, like the Alabama-Florida border, right? Yeah, so
1: there's a bar called Floribama, yeah. and we're going to church there on Sunday. Yeah, yeah.
0: So I went to Orange Beach and then went to that bar. So that was my first time in that Okay, area. amazing. Third degree blister sunburns. I went on a two-hour no-sunscreen walk on the beach that I thought oh, was going to be 10 minutes um with my girlfriend at the time we went on a walk and like two hours later i was beat red i'll see if i can find (laughs) pictures it's pretty funny but it's like i took a two percent milk bath because that's what i heard was like supposed to like and it like milk like starts to curdle because your skin is like like pumping out so much heat it's gross
1: that's wild dude so i've been to gulf Shores before which is i guess that like is that what the body of water is called um that was the first beach i ever went to also and uh there was like jelly i was seven and there were there weren't jellyfish but there were like loose jellyfish tentacles in the water that were still zapping people which i didn't know could happen but all of a sudden you would just feel this like stinging all down your legs and then i would just like sit on the beach and cry and so you got
0: zapped, like you weren't just hearing a ton of times oh that's yeah and a seven-year-old it's like that's the worst thing that could happen to you
1: right i was like this is life is over i hate the ocean god's creation is a mess like i was just i was very mad
0: yeah that's god's creation is a mess that was, <laughs> that was funny i almost let that slide by um okay what are we talking about today you have okay. a good uh a good topic for it. i think
1: so okay but i think where you were going with that originally is you were like this isn't evergreen content we're going on vacation but when this comes out yes it's gonna be i'll be back at school
0: yeah can you imagine can you are you even close to getting in that headspace
1: so I have, I'm have i going on vacation next week, and then I have one more week off, and then I go back to school. For two weeks of like professional development, which is like yeah. a lot more chill, obviously. But still um, back. Still back. Uh, it'll be fine. I'm actually going up to school tomorrow to meet our new principal, so that's exciting. Oh, you
0: have a new principal. That's, I didn't know you got a new principal. Yeah,
1: um, I've heard she's really cool. I'm meeting her tomorrow, so. That's great. Stay tuned, I guess, in the next <laughs> a few episodes, I'll be like, she's great. Or not. Yeah, Probably maybe she'll listen it, to the <laughs> Um, No, so that's exciting. Uh, but I'm not there yet, but I think I will be. And I think, honestly, two weeks of professional development is a lot more than a lot of districts do, but it's also really nice to, like, just ease into it that way. Yeah. And by the time professional development's over, you're just like, let's just get the students in here. Like, I'm sick of listening to adults.
0: Right, I believe that. Um, I was just talking to my wife's cousin who lives in Spain. She's a PE teacher in Spain. Mm. And they go back just, like, a few days before. Like, she's like, I don't plan. Like, we all just get there, and then like, students are there, like, a few days later. And that blew my mind. That's how my he... boyfriend's school is. Oh, really? Yeah. Okay. I thought that was, like, a non-American thing. So they're just, like, they're there, and then students are pretty much
1: there. He has two days of, like, prep time in his classroom, and then the students come or something. Dang. But he's already, like, been up to his classroom to get yeah. it. His... So he kind of does all that work himself versus, like, they kind of make time for us, if that makes sense.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. Um, but, um, okay, so we're talking back to school.
1: We're talking back to school because this is going to come out. I'm going to be back at school, and it's going to be fine if you hear this and you're a praying person. Say a prayer for me. Um, but I wanted to talk a little bit in our, like, back to school theme episode. Uh, I love a good theme.
0: You do like a theme <laughs> and an analogy.
1: I'm, I'm a simple woman <laughs> with my two simple pleasures. <laughs> Names and analogies. Not what I
0: said. (laughs) And I'm an
1: English teacher. (laughs) Um, No, but I just wanted to talk about a little bit about schooling in general. I kind of want to talk about, like, maybe my schooling journey and then the church's vibe of school as a whole. Sure. That's where we're headed.
0: Yeah, I'm interested to see what you got. So let's lead us in.
1: Okay, so I have a pretty interesting school upbringing. And I think we've talked about it. We've, like, lightly talked about it because we talked about how – your wife worked at the school I worked at, Mm -hmm. which was a Christian high school and middle school. I also went to Christian elementary school. Right. Um, So I was just like vibing, that's like all I knew. But I will say, growing up, there was a little bit of like stigma in church, I feel like, of the kids who like went to public school. Okay. Like it was kind of like, oh, like, I felt like parents of Christian school kids would say like, oh, well, you're not willing to make the sacrifice to like <laughs> give your kids the Christian education, yeah. which I think is like pretty messed up. It's pretty to condescending. Say. Very condescending. I, I remember these three girls specifically left our church because they felt like so excluded being public school, being public school kids.
0: Yeah. But that's also an interesting experience, too, because it's like you went to a reformed Presbyterian school yeah also same denomination church so like so say you go to a non denom church or a church that just doesn't have a large Mm. Christian school in your community yeah like it probably wouldn't maybe to the same effect but because it was like your church's denomination the school lined up I bet you there was this higher feel of overlap between the two
1: that's a very I mean I went to elementary school at my church I grew up at so I was there every day Right, and Except you guys are the ones that
0: were like, we're into it. Like, we're invested. This is, yeah, like, every day but right? So it was truly, like, a normal part of your rhythm of life was, like, life happened at this building, which represented academics and religion for you.
1: A hundred percent. Like, it was, I, I remember being pretty little and being like, I actually wonder which place I spend more time, like my house or church. Okay. I, ju- I just remember wondering that. I don't I didn't calculate it. I was yeah, well, friggin' six it was or probably something. probably
0: close to, it was right. close, I'm sure. Um,
1: and my mom worked at the church, too, and so that okay. kind of, sometimes we would, like, stay later if she was working or if there was an event. Like, that doesn't include evening church on, like, Wednesday nights or Sunday nights. Like, yeah. that's where we were.
0: Yeah.
1: Um. So, anyway, but also it was definitely where I've always been a school girl. That's kind of weird. Like, I've always been, like, a girl who loves school. Yeah, uh, academic. Yeah. <laughs> An academics, some would say. Um, I always loved school. was, like, always about it. And I didn't know anything different other than, like, they – we would teach math and they'd be, like, how cool is it that God, like, brings order to the world, like, and that we can see that in math, which I think is beautiful. Like, I, yeah. I, I think that's super cool that we learned that. I will say I think that the fact that we had Bible as, like, a subject – I'm very thankful because I think the first time you met me, you were like, you like know your stuff about the Bible. Yeah. But also I think sometimes it has become, it's hard then to kind of be like, is this an academic thing or is this my relationship with God thing?
0: Yeah. The Venn diagram is very like enmeshed for you.
1: Super enmeshed. Like it was weird in high, in middle school, I used the same Bible at church that I like used at school. And so it was like, it felt like I was like bringing kind of like a textbook to church because hmm. I like had a class class on it later it's interesting um but then in high school you know doing the thing going to christian high school kind of with most of the same people my junior year i went to public school do you know this about me yeah um my junior year i went to public school for two weeks was like this is a godless place (laughs) and was like i can't be here and my parents were like okay well there's not really like a good christian school here because we moved to another city and and So then they sent me to Catholic school for two weeks, and then I was like, I would rather – this is what I said to my (laughs) parents. I came home with (laughs) – I said, I would rather be taught no theology than a theology I disagree with. And they were like, all right.
0: (laughs) So then you went back to public school. Then
1: I went back to public school, and everyone was like, Emily, you're back. And I was like, can't deal with that.
0: (laughs) Okay, I didn't like the heathens, but the Catholics, I couldn't stand.
1: I I think that my – catholic theology class i was there for two weeks i'm pretty sure they were two weeks behind the rest of the year because (laughs) i i'm a different person now but i was just like what do you think about this like i feel like you're not quoting the bible you're just quoting the pope and like who cares about the pope and like
0: yeah yeah. they were like oh god (sighs) (laughs)
1: that
0: zell girl's come
1: they were like hi we hope she leaves but um (laughs) and then we would have like mass and my theology teacher would jump out and like make me go like this like not take communion and i was like you have to call me out in front of everybody i get that i'm kind of a jerk
0: well, so quick aside. It's my there are a lot of things that I don't like about different parts of different religions and, and denominations. That thing is what bothers me the most. Like the whole and if you don't know like so in a Catholic church like only Catholics can take communion. Yes. Um so if you're there um and you're going up to communion like there's you put the sign of the cross or whatever like the mm. X so like, like I'm not part I'm not of the Not Catholic. And I remember, uh, I every year when I first moved to St. Louis, I was doing college ministry at SLU, and I would go and I would go to their uh, like two or three masses a year. And the Mm -hmm. first one of the year was like three thousand students would go to this thing, and I watched a kid who didn't know the rules take communion because they have no way to know. Like if you don't self-identify, takes it. But the way they knew is if you're not Catholic, you take it like a Protestant, which is you take it back to your seat, you pray about it, you take it. So he grabs it, he goes back, and it's just followed by a few priests, and they're like, "Well, here's the deal." That's Jesus' body. So you need to eat that right now. And you need to never do that again because they can't throw it away. It's like you have to eat it. But it's like it's also a sin that you're eating. It was the most wild experience. So that I was, happened to me. Did, okay.
1: I, and this is me being rebellious. I did know. But so you did I it on purpose. Okay. I would bit. do it on purpose too. Here's but. the thing. And I, yeah, I may be, I'm sorry if this offends people, but I was at, I, I was in a little bit of like my going to mass era last summer. <laughs> um, just as I thought it Wait, was. Wait, you did this recently? La- this was last summer. <laughs> <laughs> the podcast was going on.
0: <laughs> I don't know I mean I don't judge you anymore for it, but it's it's exponentially funnier that you did it as an adult and not as a rebellious teenager
1: oh, for sure well I, well, I was kind of like I had been really I've been going to the basilica. you've heard my basilica stories, yeah. and I was just like going and for a while, you know, I just like didn't even go up to go to yeah. get. Um, in your own Eucharist. words, you were
0: just vibing at the Basilica.
1: I was vibing at the Basilica, but I was also like at mass. And I was like, I wasn't like, I wasn't like trying to be Catholic. I just kind of, I really liked the liturgy and it was kind of a way when my theology was feeling kind of all over the place to like be grounded yeah. in something I was kind of used to. And it was, it's 45 minutes, you know, it's pretty low commitment. Right. And so, <laughs> but they, you know, but one Sunday I was like, you know, I mean, it wasn't a Sunday, but it was probably like a Wednesday. Um, yeah. I was like you know what i don't care what anybody says everyone is invited to jesus's table and i'm going up there and homegirl did the exact same thing and i grabbed it and i brought it to my seat (laughs) and i was like i just nailed this like i just like got away with this and then this guy followed me to the seat and he goes have you consumed the host and i was like oh sorry and then like that was kind of it but it was super awkward yeah and then i told my catholic friend later um at a bar and then he like, we like yelled at each other for like five minutes.
0: Well, you know, the the issue is like, I mean, again, it's like they like would view it as like someone trying to like steal the legit transubstantiated body of Jesus. So but like, it's
1: like, I'm your sister in Christ. Like it's actually our friend, Sam, the Italian that yeah. you met and um I was at a bar and he was there. And then actually my friend, Aaron, our friend, Aaron was like, by the way, did Emily tell you she took communion at Catholic mass? And I was like, why? Also, yeah. I love that this is the fights I get at bars. Yeah.
0: You didn't, when you said my Catholic friend, not that you only have one Catholic friend, but you have one Catholic friend I know that would make a big deal about it in a bar. And I was like, you didn't have to tell me who it was.
1: <laughs> and I just like, I just like went off on him. Apparently, we, we were, it was at Cusumanos. We were like the only people at this bar. Yeah. And we just were like yelling at each other for a few minutes. But then I was like, so there's that story.
0: Um, so I will say, just to, uh, I don't like it. I think it's very exclusionary. I don't dig it. Um, but I also think it's like, i'm a i want to respect other people's rules I know. but like walking into it like i was always like and this is a lot of the students at the church i was at were catholic so they would come to our church service that was at six and then mass was at seven mm. and they would be like all right we're gonna go to real church now which i always thought was slightly condescending and they also said it maybe was a joke but <laughs> i was like i and i would tell this to my friends who were the priests there i was like you guys know me you guys are also like very supportive of my ministry yeah and i think it's wild that you won't serve me communion and they're like We think it's kind of weird too, but they're also Mm. like, this is what we signed up for. And so I get some level of that.
1: I, yeah, I feel like looking back, I think, I think there is definitely value in just like respecting the boundaries that other people have placed in their religion. And maybe that wasn't the best choice, but also I was definitely in my like rebellious era.
0: I don't think you said this and I'm just assuming this, but I bet you, whether you named it or not, those weeks before you took communion, you were looking and trying to practice to make sure you got all the steps down so that they wouldn't catch you.
1: There's probably some truth to that. I'll admit that. (laughs) Anyway, that was my two weeks at Catholic school to go back a little bit. Um, And then went back to public school. And I remember that was like the first time I don't remember who I shared this with, but I was like, I've never had to listen to a teacher speak and do any sort of like sifting myself because they always said like, you know, the church always said like in Christian school, like we tell you the truth, but like in, in the real world, like, you know, like you'll have to do your own kind of um, what's that called when you like sifting through something learning it's like a whatever deciding differing
0: differentiating it's not that
1: some it doesn't matter um and so I was finally like okay now I'm in school and I have to be like well is this real is this not real Uh which is which I obviously like should have been doing all along but when you're little you don't think about that like yeah. How do I just think through? Do I agree? Do I not agree? I'm just like I just take everything as yeah. well. Face especially value. when you
0: were told the assumption with everything here is right, right? Yeah. And so yeah, it just makes an interesting like um, division between that world and the rest of the world, the real world or whatever.
1: Discerning—that's what I was looking for. Okay. But um, I finally, like at school, kind of had to start discerning, and I was like, oh my gosh, like these teachers said this thing that I don't agree with. Like I remember my English teacher like he was like I think I'm pretty much like a transcendentalist and I was like oh my god I was like great I was like I'm gonna have to convert him by the end of the year but like,
0: this is a Catholic or public school this is a public,
1: public school Um, and he didn't say that publicly but I could kind of get a vibe and then I asked him privately I was like so what's what's you, your deal you would do that I know I would do that <laughs> Um, because I kind of wanted to know which of my teachers were Christians because they were the ones that I could like trust very kind of yeah. weird but that's where I was at um Anyway, and then my senior year, so I would say that year was, like, pretty formative, and that was my junior year where I was, like, looking at colleges, and I was, like, I thought I wanted to go to Covenant College, which is, like, the PCA college. I was, like, this is going to be it. Um, It's actually technically in, oh, yeah, look at Mountain, Georgia, but right next to Chattanooga, Tennessee. Um, and so and we drive up there and I was like, this is going to be my place. Um, I actually looked at a college first called Dort College. Mm-hmm. Have we already talked about this?
0: No, I just the more that I get ingrained in your community and the people I know, I hear of all these schools
1: now. Yeah, Dort College. I really thought I wanted to go there. Everyone was like, are you going to Dork College? And I was huh. like, haha. Um, it honestly smelled like manure, so I did not go there. So you didn't go there. You I was no. like, I can't, I can't do this like every day. I love day. Jesus,
0: been out this much.
1: <laughs> honestly, I was <laughs> like, this isn't it. And then we drive up to Covenant College, and I thought, I was like, this is obviously going to be it for me. I had basically already made my decision. And as soon as we drove up there, I was like, this is not it. I'm a very big gut person, and mm-hmm. so kind of as soon as we drove up, I was like, this isn't my place. And I was like crying because you wanted it to be your place. I wanted it to be my yeah. place. And people like knew who I was. Like I was kind of a big deal. Like they were like, oh my God, Emily Zell's here, you know? Mm. She's like, and she's like, coming
0: here. Uh,
1: <laughs> and then I remember just like, I remember crying before my parents even like left back. They were just going to vibe in Chattanooga for a day while I was like having my. Okay. Day of seeing everything, and I was crying, and I was like, I don't really like it. And my mom was like, She was so great. She was like, You don't have to like it, like, this doesn't have to be your place. Like, this, yeah, like, she was very helpful and like calmed me down because I was like, I know I'm supposed to go here. And she was like, No one said that, you put that on yourself. Like, and then we were living in Columbia, Missouri at the time, which is where Mizzou is, University of Missouri. And I was like, And my parents were like, Just go visit it because you might just to see if you like the big school feel. And before. Any of this, if someone had said, "Emily, where do you want to go to college?" I would say probably Covenant College, but anywhere but Mizzou. Yeah, so classic. Um, and so we toured it, and we went to Ellis Library, which is this like grand, beautiful library. And I was like, "This is where I want to go to college." You fell in
0: love with the place you thought you were going to. hate.
1: Yeah, and um, and I think that was pretty jarring. Okay, so all that to say, then I went back to this Chris- the Christian High School my senior year. We moved back to St. Louis. Yeah but I was like way cooler and edgier than I like cussed, and I-
0: Yeah, you've seen the real world.
1: I was like, guys, I've been to public school.
0: <laughs> I, I bet you actually said that to someone.
1: I said that to many, many people. <laughs> and I was like, I know I'm different. Hey guys. And guys. everyone was like, wow, Emily. And I was like, you guys are like getting to know the new Emily. And I was like, whatever, pretty much I just cussed. And I thought it was maybe okay to be gay. That was okay. like two pretty big things actually yeah. for the times. Um. For the times? For where, for where I was you at. were, yeah. Yeah. Um, so all that went down. And then I knew I wanted to go to Mizzou. And when people heard that, like, I was going to Mizzou, they were like, oh, my God, Emily. Like, we thought that you cared about your academics. And we thought that you, like, cared about your faith. And I was like, that is so ridiculous. Like, that really bugged me. Because I was like, this is not a choice. Mizzou is seen especially in like the school that I grew up in as kind of like where you go to just like lose your faith and not care about school. Right. And so they were like, why would you pick that? And I was like, I just like it. And I think they actually do care about yeah. academics there.
0: You're like, I want to convert them all. <laughs>
1: mm. <laughs> no, but not completely wrong. Yeah. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think like, but then I went to apologetics camp that summer yeah. You to do. get ready to go.
0: Early throwback, pod <laughs> reference. A live camp. No, uh, a cheat. faith ascent. Ascent.
1: Um. Someone just messaged me and was like, "I lo- I love the pod. What apologetics camp did you go to? Faith ascent." And she was like, "My son was there at the same time." And I was like, "Cool."
0: That's funny. I
1: know. Um.
0: So continue where you're going.
1: Okay. I, yeah. Uh. Sorry. I feel like I'm like kind of rambling, but I'm trying to give the whole story. Yeah um so then honestly if anyone could make oh apologetics camp someone said this and i thought it was beautiful someone said um oh my gosh things are coming back to me (laughs) someone said if you want to see god make rivers and deserts go to a secular university Uh and i thought that was really beautiful and i was like i think there's so much truth to it and i think that god is still like showing up in secular universities
0: and probably what you needed to hear to affirm a decision that everyone around you was telling you was stupid
1: yeah, for real.
0: Even if things maybe didn't go exactly how you imagine it would have gone. But that's probably yeah. what you needed here to get you in there with more comfortability.
1: I needed to know that it wasn't like an unspiritual decision to make. Right. And, but I also knew I was going to get super into RUF, the PCA campus ministry. Like I was all in. I met the RUF pastor ahead of time and was like, I'm all in. I don't care about any of the other campus ministries. And he was like, some of them actually like do good work. And I was like, I don't care. I was like, they're not PCA. Not for me. <laughs> So I was like, I know I'm going to do RUF. Like, I'm ready to go. And I basically, if anyone could, like, find a complete lack of community different than them at a secular university, it was me. And I did that. Like, I just found a bunch of people, like, like-minded people and just kind of stayed within my bubble. Mm. Um, But I would say my classes, like, oh, over the summer, I also read a book called The Decline of the Secular <laughs> University. And I was working at Six Flags at the time and this is like a bunch of like emily zell lore i feel like that people are learning but um and we had to wear clear bags in and <laughs> and the the security guard like looked at my bag and he was just like um okay yeah
0: what a bummer of a read. <laughs> you no know,
1: i was like no. um but i was just like yeah they don't know anything like these are all their issues like it was weird it's a weird attitude to go into college
0: you know what's funny though is what? that i went to christian college and all we talked about was the decline of Christian college, and so that book mm. was written by someone that was a Christian. Like I, and I didn't read the book, but I bet you there's there's only an increase in secular college. Like I mean, I would be interested to see what that book's thesis is. Yeah, because Christian colleges are declining like left and right. Like they're closing, they're shutting down, they're consolidating, and like secular universities are thriving way more than Christian universities.
1: I mean, yeah, I believe that. <laughs> but also I read a book where there was an appendix that was like how to not lose your faith at Christian college, which I thought was also fascinating. Yeah. Like there's a like whatever your education is, like there's always going to be challenges and always going to be Yeah, things. as strongly
0: as you feel about yours, I feel about my experience in Christian college.
1: I'm yeah, I'm almost done and then I want to hear you. <laughs>
0: That's not why I <laughs> that said was that. was so rude.
1: Um okay. <laughs> but <laughs> So basically, but I will say like my classes, I was definitely like, you know, I had a tulip sticker on my computer and was like hoping and praying that my religious studies professor would ask me about it.
0: If the rated R for reform didn't turn anyone off, the tulip would really, really catch
1: I wanted to get one that had a picture of John Calvin and it said, I didn't choose the thug life, the thug life chose me.
0: I actually it was pretty funny. Yeah. I would actually maybe use that sticker. I think it's funny.
1: <laughs> but I didn't get it. Because um, I was like, people won't get that. But people would get the ones that I had. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, <laughs> anyway, my religious studies professor never asked me about it. Huge bummer. <laughs> 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 um, but all that to say, my classes, I did feel like I was like, this is like I'm always kind of in this like intellectual fight between like what I know to be true versus what they were saying. And I think for me, like I'm in pretty much my first year – Largely in my first two years um, in college, I was just like always trying to like fight and be like, not not usually even publicly, but just, like, in my head being, like, I got to stand for what's true even when they're telling me, like, this BS. Yeah, And then – and I think that there's, like – it's fine to, like, hold on strongly to your values, but I really wish that I would have gone to secular university. I hate that I'm saying secular university, but you know what I'm saying. Like, with an open mind and being willing to hear other perspectives because I think, like – I do think there are some people that are like Emily went to Mizzou and then she started deconstructing. And I think there's a little bit of truth to that. But I think I when I finally let myself like listen to other perspectives, it was very powerful. Mm. And it's not like everyone just automatically changed my mind really quick. But just like being able to be like this someone, this person is an expert in their field and I can value their expertise, even if they don't agree with me religiously. And. Yeah, and basically kind of my junior year of college, well, that was like COVID kind of, was mm-hmm. sophomore to junior year of college. And then my senior year of college was kind of like the beginning of like a lot of deconstructing mm-hmm. and I kind of didn't go to church, didn't really go to, I actually totally went to my campus ministry, but also it was just kind of like vibing. And like, if anyone, you know, if anyone would say like living like the typical Mizzou life, it was like me, the one semester of my senior year before I came back here to student teach. Hmm. So it was a very, and all that to say, like, but I was asking my boyfriend who went to um, a different, like, secular university, and I was like, were you able to find, like, Christian community in college? And he was really involved in, like, the theater world, and he was like, absolutely not, and I never spoke about it. And he was like, and hmm. I felt, he was like, and that never changed my mind, but I knew that, like, that would probably cost me some relationships because, like, in the theater world, there was a pretty clear, like, they're not accepting like all of that. And right. so, and I was like, oh, like, you know, was that lonely? And he was like, it kind of was, but it also just felt like what I needed at the time. And he's like, yeah. so it's really interesting to hear you talk about going to a non-Christian school, but still be very in the bubble for a long time. Hmm. So yeah. yeah. So you went to Christian college.
0: I went to Christian college. So yeah. Sorry. There's, there's a lot to consume from what you just said. Um, and maybe the best way to um, walk through it is by talking about my experience. Okay. With so, which is really interesting that we're even talking about this because we had not text about this beforehand. Yeah. Um, but literally this week I was just thinking about how much I missed the Christian bubble. Um, okay. And how like I would long to be back in mm. the Christian higher ed environment or like a Christian school. My issue is most of them I don't fully agree with theologically and in my ideal one there'd be way more room for dissent in gray and there wouldn't be like mandate like i had to sign like a lifestyle contract that i wouldn't have like mm. women in my room and we wouldn't recline in anyone's beds and we wouldn't drink and uh, and all these things um we would go to chapel two times a week and if you didn't you'd have to write 150 word essay on every chapel that you missed or pay 25 bucks which i would write letters to our president saying that's the least christian thing you can do is mandate someone to go to church uh which he did not agree with me or maybe he <laughs> did agree with me but nothing changed. Yeah. Um. So, but when I was at Christian college, um, and again, it was a pretty good experience, but I kind of like, I was working at a church and I was always like wanting to be on the forefront of like actually like hanging out with the real people. Um,
1: can I pause you real quick? Did you go to public school growing up? Yeah, I went to public school. So before you get into like how Christian college was, how did you make that choice?
0: Yeah, I mean, it was, so I applied to one school, and I went to the one oh, school. I went to. So I was recruited to play basketball at several schools, oh. and there was one that recruited me pretty hard. It was uh, Multnomah School of the Bible, Multnomah Bible College now, or Multnomah University now, and uh, Dustin knows of it. Uh, and, uh, and I actually worked there a little bit. Out of I ran, I yeah. was their seminary admissions counselor before I moved to St. Louis, and I have a lot of regret about the record-breaking admissions class I brought there to a theology I completely disagree with. Mm. And so it was a very fundamentalist school.
1: Okay.
0: Um, and so I have a lot of regrets about working there, but I still stay in contact with a lot of people that have like deconstructed since like, my admissions. And so it's been really interesting. Cool. So I went to public school. Um, I re-got introduced to like faith, late middle school, early high school, was very involved in youth group, president of FCA. Like I remember my computer sciences teacher came up to me and he was like, hey, we haven't had FCA at this school since your older brother went here. Um, would you want to run it? And I was like, sure. Um, And like I was doing, there was a faction of people that were at my youth group that were actively trying to get me taken out of it because of certain things I was doing in my personal life that they did not think were congruent with what it meant to be the president of FCA, Um, which I don't know that I agree or disagree with probably in high. I did not find it loving or caring, especially because one of the people Mm -hmm. was a teacher and leader that I really trusted that was like leading the charge and like getting like other of my friends like to turn against me. So I didn't, didn't love that, but my freshman baseball coach played baseball is george fox university is where i went so he played okay. baseball there and he was the freshman baseball coach and he was like the first and he was kind of like a nerdy christian guy maybe but he was like he was just a normal dude and like he taught at a public school and i was like you went here it helped with your faith but like you seem normal mm. and i was like oh i go mm. here so i went there and christian college people run the spectrum especially the one i went to like there's people that have no interest in being involved in their faith and they went there to play sports. Some of my best friends were homeschool Christian nerds that had no life. If you think Westminster's a Christian bubble, the homeschool Christian bubble's 10 times more intense, right? Yeah. And so. I don't
1: think we've ever said the name. Of what? The school.
0: That I went to? Oh, that you went to? Yeah. Oh, I think we've said it a hundred times. Oh. I think we've said it before. Okay, great. Um, the homeschool
1: but, bubble for sure more intense.
0: Yeah, so I, Like, when I was there, it was fine. Like, I enjoyed it. But it was the only place I applied. I really wanted to go to Christian college because whatever reason, like, I wanted to go into ministry. And, like, I can't really even pinpoint why. Like, but I remember as early as a senior high school, like, I think I want to be a pastor Mm. or youth pastor. And I just stuck with it and stuck with it. And I enjoyed it. So, but there were a lot of things about it. I, like, I didn't deepen my faith going there. Mm. Like, I was always the dissenting liberal voice mm. or a progressive voice. Um, I remember like there was a class where there was a book written by Marcus Borg and Inti Wright, which we've talked about here. Yeah. And I defended the hyper progressive heretic Marcus Borg, who I don't think is a heretic. He's just pretty progressive in his thoughts. Um and so for me like it was a like for you where like your high school was like a place to like deepen your faith because you're around like minded people. Mm. Christian college for me was a place to push back against the other Christians that I thought were great, but I didn't fully disagree with, but glean things from them, figure out what I believed, all that kind of Mm. stuff. Um, But what I was trying to say a little bit ago, I was like, I was just thinking this week about like how much like the Christian, I want to be back in it. There are certain things I find really compelling about it. Um, And this is some from someone who like wants to not be like a hyper fundamentalist, like um, Christian that, removes myself from society but like the idea of like waking up and like getting coffee with someone like at university and like talking about like life and faith like that kind of stuff the the central aspects of faith driving like the majority of your conversations even if they weren't conversations I agreed with like Mm -hmm. faith and theology was at the core of like a lot of different things if it was even like I don't want to go to chapel like why that's a theological question yeah like um so-and-so is a basketball player and they drink and like why do we think that's problematic or not that's a theological question Mm. and everything was through that lens and I kind of missed that because I just found it intellectually stimulating um it's not I have no desire to be in an echo chamber of people I agree with but like intellectual stimulation especially like through the theological lens I find really really interesting um
1: do you not currently feel stimulated in your life
0: uh I mean I do and I don't in some ways like I just think like there's A lot of my job is like having conversations with people and doing damage control and like people that have lots of feels about things. And I think as a pastor, I don't always get the ability anymore to like be free about what I theologically believe um, Mm. with people and give them guidance because they feel certain sorts of ways about it. And so like I have, I can't be fully who I want to be sometimes. I try to be, but that can come across as like X, Y, or Z thing. And so that's, like, an interesting place. I mean, maybe it's just, like, maturity and leadership. And now where I am, like, I just have to be more <laughs> guarded in the things that I have to say and, like, realize the nuance in it and I can't just, like, launch say whatever I want like I did when I was a 19-year-old. Right. Um, but it's just a different, like, experience. But my dream job for a long time was to be a college pastor at my university. Like, yeah. I just thought that would be such a cool job. Um. So.
1: I mean, college is such a cool time where you're just – exploring so much and figuring out what you think about everything. Uh, Like one of my favorite poems which is about, it's called To My 20s and it's kind of like this love letter to this guy's 20s. And he says, and he just has this line in it where he just says like, you have like plenty of time and you're living and thinking about living. And I just think that that's so real. Like I feel like in college, and just in maybe in your 20s in general, you're just constantly figuring out what you think and you're doing a lot of living, but you're also yeah. dissecting it and getting to unpack with people who also want to have those stimulating conversations. And I could see a feeling if you had to be more of like the face of something, it'd be hard to maybe challenge as much. I don't know. We yeah, don't have well, to get into that. If you no, like,
0: I, like the more I think about it too, it's like, I just think like the, in college, everything is so much looser in some ways. And, like, uh, the older you get and the older I get, the more, like, routine dominates Mm. and less, like, adventure and curiosity and, like, debate. And I'm someone that really enjoys debate and all that kind of stuff. So I just, I'm interested in, like, the idea that, like, life could be this, like, loose, like, I hop from coffee shop to coffee shop and, like, person's dorm to person's dorm or class to class. Like, everything was built around relationship and learning Mm. and challenging thought and, like, I, and it doesn't have to be in the Christian bubble to make that be valuable, but like we as adults don't arrange our lives to like be that way. And so when I think about like what makes Christian school really valuable is you create like the, and the, create the opportunity for it to overarchingly breathe into every aspect of your life. There's negative aspects of that. Mm-hmm. Um, but it also creates a way for it's like if your faith is the most important thing to you, like how does at its best, it should be how does that inform everything else? Mm. Um, but sometimes it's like, how do we pull away from everyone else? But
1: um, yeah. I think that last line is very good. What you just said. I think that's right on the money is because it can be super. It I think our faith should be something that's like overarching and interacts with like every part of our life, even if we don't explicitly say it. Yeah. But, and I think Christian school can model that really well, but I also get what you're saying of like, there is a part, it is like, okay, but sometimes we just kind of like get in our own bubble and, and not engage with anyone different than us. And I think that's when it becomes problematic and becomes a place where like, you don't grow.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I think more conservative people would be like, I'm right and like I'm learn- I'm in this bubble and my job is to like be right and anyone that's outside of it, I'm convinced why they're wrong. Yeah. I just had a conversation with a uh, adjacent family member and they were talking to me about their political thoughts on things and religious thoughts on things and yeah. were talking to me as if what they were saying was true, not knowing that I fully and wholeheartedly disagree with nearly everything that was coming out of their mm-hmm. mouth. And so it's like, that's kind of the negative side of it where like it can be like your faith informs in a way that I'm going to, like, talk down to other people and, like, I'm the only right one. I think on the other side, more progressives, they, like, are so nervous to have, like christ drive their lives because that's a close-minded thing to do like i watch a lot of progressives be like well i can't like be fully team jesus because then like what about all the other people it's like well if you think it's the most important thing to you then it should be the most important thing to you and that's not bigoted the actions that come out of that are bigoted but like jesus being like the lord of your life is not an inherently bigoted thing and i think like progressives can juke that because they think it
1: is dude and yeah it's not inherently exclusive (laughs) Yeah. To say cuz you're still saying like Jesus is the lord of my life versus saying like he has to be the lord of everyone's or yeah. you're going to burn forever. Yeah. Like that there's a difference in that.
0: Yeah. I I'm in a really interesting place right now where I'm, I'm like yeah, I'm more uh like I'm always been very like critical of the hyper conservative side, but yeah. I'm in a place where I'm like becoming more critical of the hyper progressive side because I'm watching it do everything that it has said. That it doesn't Mm -hmm. like about the other side. Mm -hmm. But also has its own set of unique problems. And I'm like, how do we... And again, like the Danny trope, right? Like, I'm like, how do we just find the middle? Like, and I just don't... And that's like not like compromising on certain things. Like, there are things I wouldn't compromise on. But I think we aren't that interested in finding middle ground and compromise. um, While also thinking certain things are not compromisable. Without like making that a negative thing. I don't know. It's a very... No, I'm following you. It's complex.
1: Yeah, but yeah I mean I think that's real I don't really know where to go with that
0: well I mean we I think we've, we've had like 30 minutes worth of discussion just on this but a lot of it was like our stories of our experiences but I think like when I think of Christian or religious academics I think like what is the purpose is always the most interesting question for me so the Christian college that I didn't go to Multnomah School of the Bible like the reason I didn't go there then was I felt like it was more an effort in like Christian higher ed indoctrination than it was like like intellectual stimulation Mm. and I think um what makes a place like Mizzou good as a secular university is its core driving factor is intellectual stimulation like and I think that's really really good um and but what makes things like RUF great for there is it's like a supplement to where like the university doesn't feel like that's their job RUF does that well Um, for sure they're like we're gonna provide what the university's job isn't And Mm. the negative of Christian education is they think their job is everything. Ooh. Um, And it needs to be like, if that's what you're going to do, but I think it takes away the ability to be like, I'm not a huge compartmentalizer, but in this specific case, like Mm. compartmentalizing seems to maybe be more helpful to create a more whole person. I've for a long time held the line and I don't know, maybe I'm getting like changing my perspective on this, but I used to encourage Christians to not go to Christian college yeah, um, because of the bubble and, I think I don't know if I agree with that or not, but the reason I would encourage people not is like you need more life experience and to be challenged intellectually, where Christian college doesn't always allow that because you're in an echo chamber.
1: For sure, and I like I remember talking to one mom who she her kids grew up in Christian school, and she said like they weren't allowed to go to Christian college. Like she was like you need to pick a secular university because you need to be challenged and like not just continue to feed on. The bubble, yeah. which I thought was super cool that, like, she said that.
0: Yeah. Well, so we're at about 40 minutes, and okay. we've, when this one will come out, we will have like four 50 minutes in a row so i want to wrap us up we're gonna skip email corner okay but we're gonna do some more emails in the next one that i will drive that which i, I think you it. said two weeks in a row but we're actually gonna do it this next one so but i do want to do recommendations me too so can you kick us off
1: yes i don't really have a recommendation i just need to talk about a insane movie that i saw yesterday oh, What was it? um so it's called tusk
0: oh yeah
1: have you seen it
0: uh I've seen enough clips on TikTok to get the general idea of it. It looks wild and not my cup of tea.
1: I didn't know anything about it. And then <laughs> my boyfriend was like, do you want to watch a really effed up movie? And I was like, "Uh, I don't know. And then he was like, how about Tusk? And described it to me. He's kind of like a horror film guy. yeah. And he described it to me. And I was like, I do not want to watch that. And then three <laughs> days later, I was like, I'm still thinking about your description of the movie. And I feel like I need like, I have to, watch it. to watch it to like get like get it out of my mind a little bit and uh this is a little bit of a spoiler so skip a little bit i guess but it's fine it's not that much of a spoiler basically this guy turns this other guy into like a human walrus and,
0: and has been doing it to several people yeah like to keep 25 people yeah.
1: um it's very it's very gross and disgusting and also i didn't understand what the message was but also my letterbox review was like this is this was crazy and i don't know why i watched it but i also don't really regret watching it okay. like i think that there was i read a lot of reviews about it because i was like i need to understand and people were like you know what a lot of people complain that horror movies aren't original and you can't say that about this movie and i was yeah. like well that's true so yeah. Did you see I Barbarian? Just, no
0: i heard that's like the best horror movie of the last year okay um yeah
1: but anyway, I'm not saying watch Tusk. I'm just saying I needed to just get that off my chest.
0: So it's 100% a movie I would never subject myself to watch. Like just watching the TikTok sh- clips of it, I'm like, this looks uncomfortable and awful. And and I'm pretty gentle spirit. <laughs> so the idea that there's nothing redeemable at the end. Like I-, I don't know if you've seen the movie Seven, one of my favorite and least favorite movies. Okay, because it's from film perspective and story, an amazing story. It's about the seven deadly sins. This like serial oh. is like killing people based on the seven deadly sins uh the ending of it amazing ending as far as movie endings go one of the worst like things that i've ever had like i still like my stomach turns to think about it. so you should watch can it. i
1: tell you the end of tusk
0: i mean sure you can tell me do you want to tell me off air or do you want to tell me now? no i don't
1: care they, they can skip it okay. um basically at the end they his friends like find him and but he just killed the guy who yeah and then basically he just like wants to be, a, like he just accepts that he's a walrus. And they like, at the end, they go visit him at this like animal shelter and they throw him a fish and he eats it. And they're just like, we still like care about you, but he's just like, this is who I am now. I mean, oh. he can't talk, the, the, his tongue's cut out.
0: Okay, that was my other quote. okay.
1: But it's just like, what? Like he just accepts his walrusness.
0: There is a message in there somewhere maybe.
1: I think there is and I have not found it. <laughs> um write in if you have thoughts on Tusk because I need to talk about it. Yeah. Okay, your recommendation. Mine,
0: so I'm not a huge country music fan. I think oh. general country music is not very great, but I've just stumbled across, have you heard of Jelly Roll? Do you know this guy? No. I uh, think I've
1: heard the name. I just. So uh,
0: I heard it. I it. was at it. It was Hannibal with my my <laughs> wife's family. Um, I think it's one of the funniest names ever. And he, I bet you're like, I bet this guy has face tattoos. For sure he has face <laughs> tattoos. Um, but he, his song I was like, oh, it's kind of an interesting song. And I was listening to a podcast. And this guy, he's a stand-up comedian. He's like, I met him. And he's like the sweetest guy ever. Um, and I've seen some of his stuff on TikTok, like being a really nice guy. I was like, I'll give him. And I listened to his whole catalog on the way here. Mm. And his music is like pretty interesting. It's like poppy country. Um, and I dig it. Like, Wait, you met him? No, no, I didn't. This comedian met him. Oh, he's like, okay. He's really okay. nice. And I was like, I like nice people. So I want to like listen to it. So I listened to it on the way here. Dug it. So Jelly Roll, uh, listen to him. He's really interesting.
1: Oh, okay. well, he's not
0: really interesting actually. His music is just fine.
1: It's just vibey. Yeah. Um, I do quick like update from a last recommendation. I did watch Tom Segura's Sledgehammer. Yeah. And we already texted about this, but I feel like we need to give the viewers closure.
0: Yeah. Oh, did I? I not recommend it on here, didn't you? You
1: said yeah, and I it all it sucked.
0: Yeah, it wasn't good. There was a joke about a koala bear, which I thought was kind of funny. Uh, I don't remember that one. <laughs> but, the last
1: one is about him giving his mom edibles, uh-huh. and that's great. Yeah. That made me chuckle, but I didn't laugh otherwise. I was also pretty tired.
0: Yeah. Yeah, he's interesting. Go listen to Thrilled. Yeah, I think that's his best album. It's like one of his oldest.
1: I've listened to all of his albums. I couldn't like n- yeah. name them for you right now, but okay.
0: It's pretty good. All right. Well, we've done what we came here to do. If Uh you take anything from today, it's you should go to Mizzou.
1: (laughs) M-I-Z, baby. I mean, Mizzou has plenty of its own issues. Please don't hear that. My student, I was wearing a Mizzou sweatshirt. My students were like, why did you go to a racist college? And I was like, all right, that's kind of true. But um, it has its own issues. Mizzou's. I don't know. Do that what you will. Uh, Okay. All that to say, I'm going to wrap it up. I kind of started blubbering. Okay, well, thank you for listening. Um, Go to whatever college you want and don't let anyone (laughs) tell you and uh, embrace the journey.